Welcome to Turd Polisher Podcast. My name is Gabe Katz, and I'm your host. With me is my co-host, producer, engineer, and friend, Navid Manucheri. Our guest today is a wonderful guy. He co-hosts the Forever Midnight Podcast. He also plays in such bands as The New Trust, The Velveteen, and Mare Island. He's an incredible musician and an incredible person. Josh Staples! Josh, welcome to Turd Polisher! Gosh, guys, thanks for having me. First first show, huh? Don't thank us yet. You know, I say that only because I don't want you to, like, get a better guest than me to be the first guest and, like, push me to the back somewhere. So <laughs> I have to say, I'll say it every opportunity. Yeah. First show, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, being the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And may I say, you're the best guest so far, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so far. Thank you. Yeah, it's, so it's, far. It's been 30, 30 seconds so yeah. far on the best guest. This is already working out way better than I imagined. <laughs> right. So this is really re- relieving for me. Um, okay, so this podcast, we have a guest, and then we take we ask our guests their least favorite song of all time, and that's what we're doing. We're talking about that, and we're going to cover that song together, you and me, guest. Um, but for now, I'm excited Josh, for this. Oh, yeah. Josh, what song did you choose as your least favorite song of all time? Well, um, I don't remember if you asked me over text or if it was in person, but I think it maybe took me one second to reply because <laughs> yeah. I know it's my, I, I, if anyone asks what my least favorite song is and before I say what song it is, do you feel this is like, it's a negative podcast because <laughs> you're oh, asking so- about <laughs> like stuff that you dislike the most. So just so you know, yes, it does seem that way, but my, starts goal, that way. my goal is for me to represent to try to find positives within it as much as possible so that it's a little bit uh, evenly weighted so it's not just yucky three people complaining about something bad. Um, Of course, it is about something that you think is bad and to see if we can make it better. It's about redemption is what you're saying. Yeah, we're going to do a cover of it and we're going to see if you can like it or we can make it better. We can make it more likable. I knew that this about you, Gabe, because you're an extremely positive person, extraordinarily positive. And that um, could be, and I only brought this up because I think about it. No one's ever asked me what my least favorite song is. <laughs> and so, and I was yeah. like, this is, this is going, this is going to be somewhere positive. I know it's going to end somewhere positive, but well, yeah, yeah. it, it was easy for me. Exactly. It'll be, we are going to rise above the negativity. We're going to make this song positive and we're going to turn it around. Yes. So that I was so quick to pick Sugar Shack by Jimmy Gilmer. Is that his name? I think so. And yeah. the Fireballs? Yeah, Jimmy Gilmer and the Fireballs. Um, so here's some facts about this song. Um, okay. I took a deep dive into the world of Wikipedia and the internet to find all these. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So the song is called Sugar Shack. It was released in the year 1963, written by Keith McCormick and Faye Voss, who was his aunt. Uh, you telling me, you telling me that Jimmy fucking Gilmer didn't even write this shit show? Did not. No. Um, Jesus. The, it was recorded in Santa Fe, and it, but this guy Norman Petty was the the producer, and he did Buddy Holly stuff, like early Buddy Holly, Roy Orbison, Waylon Jennings. Or like his claims to fame. 
He's uh, specializes in corny white stuff. Total corny white guy music. But maybe some good stuff in there, you know? Some yeah, good stuff. Maybe. Right? Oh, Roy yeah. Orbison's no slouch. Yeah. No. No shit. Um, so this song was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1963 for five weeks. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Woof. And it was the. <laughs> It was the number one song of the year, beating out Surfing USA. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. An all-time banger. <laughs> this is what all the songs sounded like back then, though. They were all just like, right? It was the infancy of rock and roll. Um, and then the other fun fact I have is that, that um, the organ lead sound, I'll, I'll just play it right here. It's this sound right here. So that is uh, a Hammond Solovox, and hmm. it's actually pretty cool because it was designed as an add-on to fit under a piano or another organ, and it had its own little sound bank. So it was just like a little attachment that you would like hook under your piano, ah, and I so see. like the pianist could like play these, you know, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. That's cool. Well, okay, so I have some things about this lead while we're on the subject. It kind of reminds me of like a, like Dr. Dre's leads a little bit as far as that the mm. sound. Do you know what right. I mean? Just the sound. And like then as far as... Yeah. L- I'll, I'll add a Dr. Dre lead here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we so talk about, of course, the deep, the deep funk? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, just bounce to this for a second. Okay. And now <laughs> another a lead it really reminds me of and maybe you guys agree, is, um, uh, you know, really another really good song, Smash Mouth. Um, Dude, if there, right? was no, if there were no Sugar Shack, there would be no Smash Mouth. Because it's yeah. fully, fully walking on the sun. Totally. Okay, is it walking on the sun or All-Star that this is I the think lead it's, of? All-Star I think has it's the whistle. Lead. I don't I'll, you know add, yeah. I mean, I'll add the All-Star whistling part here. It's just I interesting think- that, <laughs> that they're similar. I think there is something to... Uh, I was thinking more of just the literal... I mean... As much, if, if there is a groove to this song, and every song's got some sort of groove, whether it is groovy or not groovy. The groove of this song is full on walking on the sun. The lead is full on all stars, so yep. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, so right. this is a Smash Mouth. Like I think Smash Mouth is just this song extrapolated into f- two albums, right? And well, countless, <laughs> countless county fairs. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people I asked, um, you know, Josh. I'm sorry, you're not the only person I asked to do this podcast, um, but oh, a, lo- no. a lot of a Later. lot of people picked All Star as their song. You know, a, a lot of people hate All Star too, and. Um, I think that's why I'm interested in this whole concept. It's like all about taste for me because all of the songs that people pick as their least favorite are super popular songs. Oh yeah, so my least favorite song of all time, if you must know, is Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, and, uh, that's popular hate jam. It. Yeah, I'll play it right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. In case no and, one's uh, ever heard it. Yeah. Did you just play it? I heard it. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, but the feeling you get when, when you hate a really popular thing is sort of like what is am i an alien you know what i'm saying like what is this world where everyone loves this thing that i hate so much and when you hear it i mean when i hear um sweet home alabama i get 
angry immediately. And I'm, like you said, a pretty positive person, but I'm just like, oh, I can't believe anyone would listen to this. And, you know, that kind of just, I want to throw up. Right. Um, that's just that's just the sound of the song, and then like what it's about. It's so disgusting. Anyway, th- that's not the song <laughs> we're talking about. But so, what's your feeling, Josh? Like when you hear Sugar Shack, is that a similar feeling for you? Or well, it's I've disliked the song for so long that maybe I don't even dislike it as much as I think. Like I, maybe it's just I disliked it when I was younger, so it's ingrained the same way like a favorite movie right. is ingrained. Um, but yeah. I think that I used to listen to. Um, because I grew up in the 80s, 70s and 80s, and I was in high school in the 80s, there was a really big resurgence of like 60s shit in the 80s. Like people, you know, were just those 50s and 60s were just rehashing the 70s and 80s in a, in a big way. And I, I listened to a lot of um, like AM radio that had like the old, I listened to the oldie station because it was fun. And there was some great songs in there. Mm-hmm. And then there was Sugar Shack would always be in there. <laughs> and I'd be like, I love oldies, but. Uh, sure. Sugar Shack is so, it's so over the top corny and it's so commercial, like obviously commercial. Like it's trying yeah. to be, it's talking about cool culture, even though it's representing the corniest of garbagey music. It's, it's like that when you have songs that are that popular, I think it's probably because I heard it so many times. So I'd be like, I'm having a great time. The Stones are on. I'm, I'm hearing like Motown music and all of a sudden... Fucking Jimmy Gilmer pops in with his corny, goofy face, and I didn't even know what his face looked like, but I could picture it. And I see this picture of his face, I'm like, yeah, that's him. That's the guy I pictured in my head when I saw, heard that song. There's four and of him on there. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And he is the most bogus-looking weirdo in that whole crew. And not to be negative and diss somebody's looks, but, you know, when I finally started looking the, this week at Jimmy Gilmer's <laughs> face, uh, count me out. <laughs> I didn't even know that his face would come into play. We're, right. we're t- <laughs> talking. It's an added bonus. I didn't think I it would either. I hated that guy's face of this song. You know, uh, I never hated that guy's face until I did some internet research. And now, yeah. And I, I get Naveed that. sent a revival concert our way that yeah. was he, he performing with a number of other oldies artists. And he, they just sit, stand up and sing one of their corny songs and sit back down and go round robin. He, I couldn't, he, his smile, it's just like full corniness. Like I can't handle the full on corn. That's interesting you say that. Cause this does remind me a lot of corn too. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of, it reminds me of all-star and kind of like corn, like Jonathan Davies, <laughs> Jonathan Davis. Uh, uh I, at first I thought the baseline was beatboxing. He was like, boom. Anyway, but no, it's not. Yeah. Um, like McCartney style. Like um, how McCartney yeah. would go boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah. <laughs> It sounds yes. like that, but it's just like a woofy, like, bass recorded. Probably the whole band is recorded on one mic, you know? Yeah, Feels I would like say, that. being the voice of trying to be positive about this, um, the maybe the most positive thing about this song is that bass tone. Sure. There are things about it I don't hate, like, upon listening to it recently. And maybe because I... It is coming from a place of, like... I've, it's there's there's some craft to it. It's a well recorded song. It's just I hate it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know it's interesting. Maybe that's an interesting thing about um, about hatred in general. You know, you hate you hate this song because you hated this song when you were younger. And it's funny how part of you just needs to hold on to that hate. And now you listen to it, and you're almost like, come on, young Josh, it's not so bad. So it's, much is worse could, yeah. since then. It could be worse. That's the thing too. I would I would argue that there's a lot worse and 
less skillful, less well-executed Southern rock than Sweet Home Alabama that you would yeah. probably truly appreciate less. But um, there's something about that song for you that is maybe it's because it's so popular that is a full-on bummer. Yeah, it's hard to say, you know, but I want to put, get my, uh, put my finger on it. That's what this podcast is all about. Um, interestingly, though, my father, I told him about this podcast, and I told him the song that you picked, this song, mm-hmm. and my dad's response was, that's my least favorite song of all time. <laughs> oh! Yeah, and my dad was around, you know, you're listening to the oldies, my dad was there when this song was on the radio, and he had that feeling, like, it would come, you know, same deal, he would be listening to the radio, and the radio was cool, and then this song would come on, and he would feel that feeling, that's just like, ah, what, like, what kind of fool am I to have left the radio on and let this into my world? (laughs) So it was interesting that um, this song was at least annoying to my father then, too. So I think this was kind of one of those songs that was really yucky, maybe even when it was, you know, new. Yeah, it's really yucky. Um, And I'm glad we can, yeah. it, It stays, it stays yucky after all this time. Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. So you don't have any like you don't have any negative like memories. This wasn't like on when something terrible happened to you. This is just no, like I feel like when it was on and when the people I was listening to the this oldie station with, it was like a girlfriend I had in high school. We would listen to oldie station all the time, and I feel like we would team up and hate this song pretty. <laughs> like it was a togetherness thing. It was you know it was fun. Oh, that's well, that's positive in itself. No, exactly. No bad memories. In fact, I do remember hating this song quite fondly that's great that's that's really great um cool yeah i mean yeah so sometimes we just hate a song i guess it is interesting and this song i think is a good one to start with because (laughs) it is hard to find positive things about this song (laughs) and um you know and just the sound like like i said about sweet home alabama the music it's it's for me i hate it right and then you kind of dig into what it's about and uh wow and this song (laughs) so learning navid just touched this for a second but so this guy that wrote this song he wrote it at the breakfast table with his aunt which is sweet they were hanging out and he sort of just wrote it but also what it's about i don't know what your interpretation is but mine is it's about like a kind of straight guy and he has a crush on this sort of like beatnik lady like a hipster lady she works at the coffee shop as a barista there's this cute little girly she's a working there a black leotard and her feet are bare and he's going to dress like her and do things she likes and try to like pick her up or something and get her to fall in love with him or something and which is just a very dishonest <laughs> idea. And the way that he talks about her is so offensive to me. And uh, this line particularly. I'm going to drink a lot of coffee. Spend a little cash. Make that girl love me when I put on some trash. So what's that all about? <laughs> I wonder, like, part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe there's like, that's slang from 1963 for something that we don't understand. But I think it's like she dresses like a f- slob. I'm going to dress like a slob and fake like I'm cool and then sh- trick this woman into believing that I'm some sort of beatnik as well. Well, it says that she's wearing a black leotard. Um, yeah. 
That's beefy, and that her right? her feet are bare. So is that just like okay? She's a hippie. She's a yoga instructor. She's a beatnik. It's sort of like generalized so that it it's a timeless. I, I think timeless so. Well, sixty three sixty three is pr- kind of pre hippie. This is like still yeah, like right. late late beat period. So there's still mm-hmm. there's hippies and everything. But as f- I mean, I'm, I might be wrong here, but I feel like mm-hmm. it was. This is we're still looking at like Elvis Presley po- is making movies. Like it happened at the World's Fair is sixty three. Sixty three right, is right. still pretty Squaresville, you know. So I think beatniks are where or what is what is referring to. Is this like okay for early stages of like the uh, manic pixie dream girl trope? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's going to find out in Sugar Shack 2 that she's definitely a heroin addict, for sure. (laughs) At first, my first instinct when you were talking about putting on some trash, I was just like, that's heroin, or like, that's drugs. (laughs) Oh, and then uh, later, at the end, he says, one of these these days, I'm going to lay down tracks. So, you know. Right. Yeah, totally. That's interesting. Tracks of heroin. I've never done done drugs. (laughs) Picture this. This is the guy. He's like having breakfast with his aunt. He's like, yo, I'm writing this song. It's about I like this girl and she's a junkie. And so I'm going to take those drugs so she'll like me too. And the aunt's like, you know, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Let's soften this. Let's let's add a little sugar to this. I think How about uh, instead of heroin shack, it's sugar shack. Yeah. <laughs> if it was if he was rails, I'd say it, maybe it's it's the drugs. But I think because it's laid out some tracks, does that mean I'm gonna like go like maybe go to the sugar shack? I don't know what it means. Yeah, I, yeah, I, like, I think that's what. It so means. the last the, the last verse is now that sugar shack queen is a married to me. Yeah. around and dream of those old memories Ah, but one of these days I'm gonna lay down tracks in the direction of that sugar shack Just me and her, yes we're gonna go back to that Okay, well that's weird I mean, clearly that's just for the song, but it almost sounds like you didn't love her, you really loved the coffee after all, maybe, I don't know (laughs) You love the idea of her, yeah yeah, oh, you wow. like this. You like this barefoot, cute girl, all dressed in black, who's who's a barista at this cool little janky place. So you stole her, and you marry. You now you possess her, and now she only wants to go back to her old days. So you'll, I don't know. You're gonna find that the Sugar Shack is now like a cell phone store. Probably, it's not probably a cool <laughs> coffee shop anymore. He owns it now. You know, <laughs> he bought it. Yeah, I'm gonna buy that everything. Shit. Everything. Yeah, I'm gonna buy everything. Everything I like, I have to own. He's like, now I buy my coffee from a building not a shack yeah. like just a it's a it's to code it's a safe place to drink coffee yeah yeah i don't well okay josh when we first talked about this song i think you told me that your line that you really disliked was um, espresso coffee taste mighty good yeah right so was it and the espresso not espresso or was it just the mighty good or just that whole deal i think it's uh nearly everything about it is bogus and i think that the only part that isn't bogus is tastes because yeah. espresso is wrong espresso espresso is the wrong word for that coffee it's espresso we we all know this it's 2020 so there's that uh you don't have to say espresso coffee you don't have to say espresso coffee the coffee is implied because it's espresso dumb right, yeah taste sure you're drinking it mighty good is corny as fuck and unimaginative but yeah. it rhymes with wood, which is so dumb. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's a coffee house that's made out of wood. I don't know if you even really need to say that. It's a shack. <laughs> we know it's wood. It's it's wood. It's a shack. There's no yeah. metal shacks. <laughs> Those so are sheds. Would you say that the song, the song's music and lyrics both trouble you kind of equally? Uh, mm, yeah. I, I, you know, maybe one or the other wouldn't. Maybe if it's just the music. Like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this right off the bat. I like Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. When I first heard it, I wanted to hear it over and over again. It was on Live 105 when Live 105 wasn't the worst. And I really quite enjoyed And I was like, fuck, I like this shit. Who is this? It's Smash Mouth. And then it, they went on to, you know, I, got on, I, I went on to be sick about that and then, and, and, uh, later <laughs> that I was such a huge Walking on the Sun fan. But I thought it had a great groove. And it does have the same groove as Sugar Shack, so I don't think I dislike the music. I dislike the chords of it. The groove is good. The chords are bad. Okay. You know, did you use? I used to use that expression. You're like, you might as well, might as well be walking on the sun if you think I'm going to do that. <laughs> you ever say that? I used to say that all the time. Really? It's like, do I want to go to your concert, dude? You might as well be walking on the sun. I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys ever use that expression, but yeah, I think that's where that no, came but from. No, but I, I will going forward. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was trying to try to say something positive about this, but um, to each their own. <laughs> maybe it's maybe. hard to, 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 look, to look down the line. And when you, I mean, there's things you can change about the song. And here's something we could talk about too. Like what makes a song a song rather than just a piece of music. And I personally believe, and I've thought about it a lot because I like arguing with people, is that it is something that uh, a song can be translated, chords and essentially chords and music not even chords necessarily they can be changed but the f- the song can translate from artist to artist it doesn't have to be performed by one artist to make it the same recognizable song or piece of music and i believe also songs rather than music are going to have probably some words and some music right so <laughs> together like some people say song could be instrumental and that's a song and i'm like eh, could be but maybe that's a piece of music and not a song right mm. I've, lo- I've i've looked it up <laughs> and it's not, and I don't like just trying to be argumentative, but it is, uh, how can you make this song better if you can't change the lyrics and you dislike the lyrics as much? You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so that's great. Yeah, so that's what was the next thing I was going to ask you. So, in trying to cover this song, yeah, you're going to keep the lyrics the same. You're not going to change the lyrics. Then it would be kind of like a parody, like Weird Al or something. So, what would you do to change this song? in a cover. Do you have any ideas? Have you thought about that at all? Um, well, I might just make it more like walking on the sun, like change the chords slightly. <laughs> just really lean into it. Yeah. This really, yeah. Just change it into walking on the sun. And I think that, um, it's hard to say what would be, what would make the music better. And I, and I've listened to it a, a few times since we talked about doing this. I haven't listened to it in, like over and over again well, because, <laughs> but it is just the one part and it is over and over and over again and it's simplicity but it's yeah. like it's so repetitive and then it's got that little bridge just a coffee house and it's made out of wood espresso coffee tastes mighty good and then the chorus is the same as the rest of the song it's so simple yeah, it's tough. It's going to be tough. That's, but it's a good puzzle to solve together. Okay, you so... Mean it could be slowed down a little bit? Maybe adjust the yeah, tempo te- a little te- bit? Yeah, tempo. That's a good place to start. 
tempo. Change the mm -hmm. tempo. Change the vibe a little bit. You could make it ma uh, minor instead of major. Yeah. Maybe. And that wouldn't necessarily change. That would still be the same song. They could still sue me if I tried to call it my own. <laughs> Absolutely. <True>. Yeah. <laughs> or we sludge the shit out of it, you know, and then make it mm -hmm. like, boom, 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 yeah. boom. Yeah. Or something. And still keep it, like make a groove to it. I'd say either of those directions I'm game for. Okay, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, I had some ideas to go, like, you know, rock it out or something. Yes, definitely slowing. That's always kind of my, like, first thing I think of is tempo. Okay, like, slow this down. That really does change the vibe a lot. Yeah. Um, it won't be enough to change, but uh, it, it's a good place to start. I, I had another idea that was, um, <laughs> it was actually kind of with the heroin shack thing, but to make this sort of, like, <laughs> to make this, like, an Elliot Smith kind of song, like, acoustic guitar and very, like... There's a crazy little shack yeah. <laughs> behind the tracks, and they call it the Sugar Shack. That kind of vibe. That would be really oh, yeah. long, really long and sad, and, and that might be good, too. You know, very change the feeling of the song, and maybe you would, some of that hidden, the hidden drug yuckiness would come up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, a lot of places we could go with this, but... Um, I think we should decide on how we, where we want to go. Slow? Yes? I think slower. I'm going to say okay. slower. And I, and I actually do like the idea of the Elliot Smith version of it. If we can find a way to really enhance those lyrics to make them drugs, then we can <laughs> cut out the corniness of the subject matter, which is just, I'm a straight dickhead who's coming across the tracks to where the poor people live, co-opting their culture, taking their starlet, <laughs> marrying her, making her my property, and then wanting to go back to the place that I destroyed. Uh, like, that's God. bad. That's bad, right? Yeah. So I want to, let's, let's make it about the drugs. Let's make okay. it about, let's put, inject a little misery into it. Okay, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, cause, cause like you said, it's it's one way or the other. You either gotta you gotta turn the knob on the the joy or the cheese, or you gotta turn the knob on the what's underneath there. You know, I'm always for the, I'm always for the opposite. And I think that if uh, I mean, otherwise, the easy way to go, and I I like that you didn't think of this either, and none of us did, is that the, the easy way to go would be to me me first it and the gimme gimme's it. You know, mm -hmm. what I'm saying like pop punk or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And. Nah, that's not going to change the vibe. It's only going to make it cornier because conceptually it'll even be double corny because who thought the song was cool enough to cover ever? That's kind of like right. giving it a, a hip twist, and we're not trying to do that either. So, <laughs> like the, Do we try to keep like uh, theme, thematic elements like the lead, that catchy lead, or do we change that lead, uh, or do we just leave it out? And you know, Do we change all the music? Or use this progression. I mean, maybe we just need to change the <laughs> all the mu all the music as much all as the possible. music. <laughs> yeah, and just and just uh, honor the lyrics, honor quote unquote the lyrics, and uh, just mm -hmm. keep them the same. I guess. And, I think we could probably keep it loosely the same arrangement. If we were to add a chord in there that would make it sadder, you know, that would be cool. Um, okay. And I think that we could probably keep it just by augmenting those chords, kind of make it and doing a cooler rhythm like you're talking about. Then we could make it um, salvageable. Cool. We can polish okay, this fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and then what era of Elliot Smith are we talking? Early? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, acoustic yeah, I'm thinking early guitar. Too. I like it. Yeah. That's the stuff. Four I like. track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it all. <laughs> we don't have to, this doesn't have to become a Gabe really likes Elliot Smith podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, it, 
just did. <laughs> no, anyway. Okay, so yeah, I was thinking early, early style too. And the, wow, Great. how convenient for us trying to record this uh, multi-tracked when we don't get to be in the same space. So, I would, I would say that the the organ lead is crucial to Sugar Shack being Sugar Shack. Oh. Yeah, I think if I we, it's, it's, it's the kind somehow. of thing where you could you could play it over a new progression and maybe make it less peppy. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you know the the song is essentially G C the whole time, right? Yes. Oh, don't, don't. Instead, may we go. So we do oh. E instead of G. I love it. And it's slower, and we can we can salvage a little bit of the. We can make it less corny that way. I think. I so, love it. You know what I like most about this is that how can we three not known nobodies make this top number one song <laughs> any fucking good? Right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. I love it. I love it. For that reason is great. Um, cool. Well, thank you. All right. This is exciting. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, let's make it happen. Okay, cool. Like All right. Uh, you guys are great. Love you guys. Thank you. You too. Okay. okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Okay. Well, so what part? Oh, yeah. So this is what I think now we talk about. We talk about our process. Josh Staples and I have created a cover of Sugar Shack, Josh's least favorite song of all time. Yeah. And since we're it's true uh, not able to get into the same physical space as each other we've been doing it like multi-tracking at home in our, with our home studio situations and sending it back and forth and sending notes and so Josh you started it so what was your process for the first bit that you sent us well um, it's been it, it's what's well, been a week or so so like since we initially got together and talked about the song and I believe I, I think it was just you talking about slowing it down and Elliot smithing it, and then I kind of went to the guitar and grabbed it and was like, ooh, what if it was instead of it being this major G to C thing, if we did a minor E right. to C thing? Because that's just kind of, that is technically, well, that is actually my go-to chord changes anyways. E minor to C. That's just my thing. I, love it. I do it all the fucking time. Just every other new trust song has got that in there for yeah. sure. <laughs> so... And that is kind of a way to minor Totally. It up, and I know? will say, I thought you would just do a little, and your first thing you sent us was like a full, <laughs> a full sick song with Keith. Well, I apologize No, don't. For that. Don't at all. It was so great. And um, it had a cool programmed drum beat. It had some cool synth going. It had some guitar, some bass. Right? <laughs> yeah. It had two guitars, bass, a synth track, and a bogus drum track. Cool. Um, and I think that... You know, I didn't want you to have to work too hard on your first episode. Game. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's easy. So far, this I, is really easy. I leapt in there. I have this problem with my other bands, too. The Like, my first ever band that where I wrote and stuff for, I was writing for, like, horn players. And it, it was more like these guys... I wouldn't say they weren't into writing, but I was doing the work. I was doing all the work. Yeah. And it was because I'm a control freak, and I like to get in there and fucking fuck everything up and make make it all mine and then divvy it out to other people to play. That is something I've learned to not do in other bands, especially the New Trust, which is my wife Sarah and I and our friend Julia. Um, I try to not do that anymore. I won't write guitar parts unless they're... 
unless they're so good that you can't, <laughs> that they're essential, you know? Because sometimes there are those that are too good, you know? If it doesn't get down there, then, but I'll do those sparsely. So, but with this, I took it and I went ahead and just started laying stuff down and it ended up fleshing out pretty quickly because I wanted it to be kind of like this. You mentioned like an Elliot Smith thing and I tried to go there, but my interpretation ended up being more like an early cure kind of thing. Yeah, I got kind of, um, yeah. New Order kind of vibe, 80s yeah. vibes. That is kind of where I am. I'm afraid that sometimes, like, if you were to, like, walk into my office at the Henhouse Brewing Company where I work, you would hear 80s R&B all day long, oh. and I feel that people think I'm just 80s Josh. 80s Josh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even when you're old, like 80, we're still going to call you 80s Josh, you know? Yeah, That's cool. I hope so, yeah. I like that. <laughs> the roaring 80s. Um, and... To backpedal a little bit, that first band, are you talking about Conspiracy? Yeah. the My first band that I was like kind of an active control freak in was The Conspiracy. I myself almost put The Conspiracy in my little intro about you because I saw The Conspiracy at the Spassible Teen Center when I was about 12 years old. Oh, wow. And I loved it. Had a, had a blast, skanked the whole deal. You know, if you like... <laughs> to skank then this band was your band because we were there was a few of us a few bands like ours in the county mm -hmm. um we were engineered to uh to for enjoyment well, good it worked on me i don't know if it worked on everybody but i liked it there was nothing controversial about that band it was just a it was a pandering band especially to 12 year olds so that was for you gabe well, if you're playing at the teen center your your, your demographic is is probably teens, or actually, it's probably teens. pre preteens, which like yeah, preteens yeah. and teens. Because once you were a teen, you didn't go to the teen center. The teen center was for eleven and twelve year olds, maybe only. I have a memory about that show, which is at the end of the night, I found a pile of money on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I grabbed it, and then someone's like, "Yo, dude, did you just find sixty five dollars?" And I was like, "Oh, hold on a second, <laughs> flip, 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 flip. Yes, here's your money." <laughs> If it, if it was, did you find a pile of money? I would have been like, no. Yeah. But if yeah. you're like, do you find $65? I was like, yeah. Yeah. There you go. They knew the amount. It was probably rightfully yeah. theirs. <laughs> so back to skanking real quick. Um, yeah. At my junior <laughs> high, Petaluma, Petaluma Junior High. Perhaps Josh, you went there too at one point? I did indeed. I was a bantam myself. Oh, my man. Um, a, ban a bantha? Sorry, what? Ba bantam. Bantam. A bantam. It's a fighting rooster. Come on, Gabe. Well, it's like a little chicken. There's hens that are small. Yeah. Oh, our, uh, I thought the mascot was like a, a fighting rooster. There was a, um, this like DJ duo called the High Top Posse that would... Um, <laughs> what was that? Is that the new bit uh, for the show? And I'm like, I don't like what you're talking about. That doesn't have to do with where I went to junior high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, go on. Anyways, uh, you know, it was it was peak skanking time. So they had shirts they would give out to uh, kids who were good at dancing that said a skanking with a high top posse. Ooh, and, oh, my uh, gosh. I had one of those shirts, but my uh, my parents don't hold on to anything. So it's beyond long gone. And I've tried, I've looked on eBay and everything for them. They're <laughs> like the, the high top posse not even together. I found one of the members. He's still a DJ. But uh, anyways, oh, wow. I just had that shirt made for me. Just do a yeah. one-off. <laughs> yeah. That's a a one oh gosh. Yeah. Anyways, I'll uh, cut that out. No, I love. I love that. No, do not, Naveed. Please, oh. if there's anything <laughs> tangents. I, I the one thing I love about podcasts at all in general is p tangents, tangential. Yeah. Shootings. You know. Okay, so back to this cover. 
Um, yes, we just said what you did the first. Okay, that was the first thing you sent, and then Navi's gonna like play it. What happened? Well, you're gonna play. You're gonna play the first round. Ooh, you're gonna play in the stages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> so this this um, this part of the podcast is in, inspired by another podcast that a friend of mine made called Other People's Songs, where they just do covers. Okay. This is like a, a Portland homie, my friend Matt Vuksinich. He should get credit for this probably because I basically stole this part of his idea. Um. When they just get together, and he, it's mostly like an interview base. You know, he interviews, where are you from, what, what's up with you, all that kind of stuff. We don't really do that. Um, maybe we should. Uh, whatever. And then um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> people can research. They can listen to other, other podcasts to learn about our guests more in depth. But um, So they anyway, they work together. They record a song, and they're in Portland. It usually ends up being just like a sad it's kind of like what we did so far, but it's just like you know they make us they take us <laughs> they take a sad song and make it even sadder or something. But um, it's really good. They have, well, he's only done two episodes. It's a great podcast. But um, this part of it where they kind of like they record it together in the studio and then they play clips of each layer and how they created it together. I think that part of it's really interesting and thought it was okay to to borrow that idea and apply it to this fresh idea. I think it's a great. I didn't expect it. You know, you surprised me already. Surprise! The stages part, the stage stages part is going to be really fun. Um, so yeah, so it was it was the first draft I sent over was that crap drum machine on Logic, and then, but a, a, like a really tremoloed out guitar. And then a harmony to that guitar. Baseline, which is essentially just E to C. So we've minorized this song considerably. Totally. And it was already off the bat so exciting. And slower. Thank you. And slower. Yeah. Which is crucial, you know? Because, I mean, yeah, we're, we're trying to make the song sad. We're trying to make the song dark, right? Because it's the corniest, happiest song ever. Let's make it about drugs. Let's make it about their relationship not going like it should. So there's, I wonder, like, what liberties you can take when making a cover. And we'll talk about this in a second, but, because I did change some lyrics, too. But let's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to actually bring that up. <laughs> I think we talked about, like, earlier we talked about, you know, we're not going to change the lyrics. That's like, oh, or maybe we would, but that that was maybe mentioned. Um, yeah, and and then I anyway, I was I thought it was funny and great that you changed your least favorite line to not be in the song anymore. If you're gonna re- like make a song darker, like you can't have the corniest line ever in that song. You know, espresso coffee tastes mighty good. I mean, you can, but I didn't. So there you go. You I fixed lo- it. I love it. Yeah, you totally I fixed it. <laughs> it's so I fixed this extremely successful song. <laughs> it's so similar, though. The line, <laughs> it's just like tweaked. It's not the language is just tweaked just enough where you're using a real word, not espresso. You're just using the word yeah. espresso, which I think everyone can appreciate. That's a fix. Um, and then you yeah, it's a fix. And I, yeah, and then you say I, though, I the way use... it should, not mighty good, right? I figured that might be a way to do it, you know, because then you're like. Because you sound like a cocky know-it-all when you're saying that kind of thing. And it's better than sounding like, well, I've never had this espresso coffee. It's mighty good. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck you. 
So, like, <laughs> get out of my shack. <laughs> out, out. You don't belong here, man. <laughs> Obviously. Um, it's pronounced espresso coffee. <laughs> you don't even have to say coffee. You don't have to say coffee after. <laughs> um, there's one part about this song that I, I didn't get to talk about last time. I wanted to just interject. We didn't go over this, but the more I listen to it, is the first line, there's a crazy little shack? Is that? Yeah. That's crazy. And that's like um, Love Shack, right? Like, do they say that in Love Shack? Funky Little Shack. Funky Little Shack. Funky yeah. Little Shack. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> the fact that this. Funky Little Shack. I, I just thought it was worth, <laughs> worth mentioning that, like, this is a crazy shack, and that got past all of us. No, no None of us yeah. noticed that how crazy this it's shack is. It's a crazy little shack, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like, I think it's crazy in, like, a beat sense, you know, because they are. And what I've realized listening to the song a few more times is that this is, not only was it a Nierd, an N-J-E-R-D, co-opting the culture of this cool leotard-wearing hipster at the coffee shack, but um, I believe that because this was a pre-hippie thing, he's just in it for the free love. Mm. This is a free love thing. Oh, it's kind of positive. He's just in there. Yeah, he's just, it's not, the espresso coffee is not why he's going back. That's not the reason he's going back. It's the cute little girly mm. who's a-working there. Yeah, <laughs> or it's just the, the spirit, man, you know? And I, th- I see the crazy <laughs> part now because it's like, crazy daddy-o, right? That's a thing, like a beat thing. Yeah, I think it's a slang. So, yeah, and I, I feel like, a, and there are lyrics that did get changed eventually, but um, we, but in the back and forth, if we're going to do it in the next stage, Gabe, this was your take on drums. Yeah, you're right. So the next thing I did was um, I laid down some drums in my house, and I stayed true to the little uh, drum fill you started the song with. I gave it. I mean, I didn't change the vibe that much. I just gave it a little more rock and rock and drive maybe to it. Which is exactly yeah, exactly what it needed for sure. Thank you. And then the the kind of like the hmm, what do you call? It? I would call it the pre-chorus. You know the. Well, is there a chorus in this song? The the second the chorus part. is the verse. It's just right. It's got a keyboard over it, right? So yeah. So whatever is not the main part, um, I did you know a beat on the toms. Sort of going for like a Pixies um, wave of mutilation UK surf version. Slow version, yeah, yeah, yeah that for one. sure. Just sort of that. Oh, oh yeah. It's kind of like hot. Maybe my favorite Pixie song. Yeah, um, the pump up the volume version. Yeah, it's bomb. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, uh, okay, so that's what I did. I laid down some drums, you know, and I I did a pretty funny drum fill in the in, the, in that little break. <laughs> I like that. And that's actually I spent the most time on that drum fill. I was just like, okay, there's a break so I can like start from that point on and really like get a drum fill that I like that would tickle me and that one tickled Mm -hmm. me and at that point you hadn't laid down the lyrics and so you know I wasn't singing the lyrics along in my head I really was sort of just like uh trying to have some faith that I wasn't going to like step on the the toes of those lyrics because those words are they're so important and I didn't want to you know (laughs) get in the way did you think uh well were you also picturing where that wailing guitar solo was about to come in for the final draft? 
Yeah, well, so <laughs> in that break, at first I was like, <laughs> so here's the funny thing. Like when a song like this is so silly, it feels longer than it actually is. So at that point when you had a break, I was like, oh, this is like a fake out. Like Josh just put an extra bit of song so we could just have some fun at the end. <laughs> so, I was like, right. so I was like, oh, I'm just going to have some fun. I was like, I'm going to do a guitar solo on here. That's going to be so <laughs> so cool. So in my wheelhouse to do a guitar solo. Um, <laughs> so that's when I had that idea, but I, I was afraid of like, yeah, I didn't want to step on whatever was going to be there. So I, I did hold off on that. That was probably the last thing I did. Well, the... Uh the thing about the song, too, is that it's clocking in at a lengthy three-minute and nine-second <laughs> mark, and we've slowed it down a lot. Right. So this song is originally a two-minute jammer, like a two-minute, 20-second jammer. So that we're really lagging on it, and it's still it's still not even 3.30. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, sure. And um, it, it doesn't feel long now that it's done, I will say. Just to, it's, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Gabe did drums, that's me. And then what was the next thing you did, Josh? So when I got the drums back, I did some, I did. I started doing the vocals and I did initially the, and I always had pictured because on the original Jimmy Gilmer version, there's that spoken stuff. Like every pre-chorus, or we can call it, call it a bridge, right? Pre-chorus or a bridge. Sure. Whatever that section is that's not the other part <laughs> is he's talking. You know, it's like, it's a straight up, there's barely singing. Uh, yeah. He kind of like just talks and talks and talks, and then he gets to the, the Sugar Shack is the part where the melody kicks back in. So, and when I thought about that, there's a Nick Cave song that I love so much, and it's called uh, Until the End of the World. It was a miracle I even got out along with Alive. And it's on that Vim Vendors movie that, of the same name, and it is like... The whole song is talking, and this is a story, and it's so good, and it's about the same tempo and same vibe as what we've turned this into. And then the chorus is melodic again. So I pictured that. And in fact, when I did the vocals, I did the melodic parts first, did the harmony second, and then I did the spoken one. And the spoken lyric was the whole song. It was like over the whole thing, and it weaved in and out. And then I listened to it over and over. Well, it's just a coffee house, and it's made out of wood. And I was like, nah, this is too much. This is too creepy. <laughs> and I just started cutting. I cut it out of the verses, but um, just slowed it down. Didn't, and I had to first change the lyrics, I guess, a little bit because there's just some things I just won't be on record singing. And espresso was one of those things. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and I figure there's, there's a couple little tweaks. I mean, you hear songs that are like originally done by male singers that are next done by female singers, and they'll change the pronouns and stuff or whatever to make it you know like 60 songs and stuff so i figure little tweaks here and there to update it aren't going to be a bummer so like the espresso coffee thing i changed then i changed i'm not going to sing there's a cute little girly that's working there yeah so i said there's a beautiful woman that's working there because i'm a 47 year old man dog i'm not about to say there's a cute little girly <laughs> i didn't even notice that. i did not even notice that change yeah <laughs> Good. Well, that's good. The, the sentiments are still there. The only one where the sentiment isn't there is at the in the last pre-chorus where it's like, you know, the Sugar Shack Queen's married to me and we think about those old memories or whatever. And then it's like, one of these days I'm going to lay down tracks. Me and her, we're going to go back to our Sugar Shack. I was like, with or without her, because we're talking about drugs now. <laughs> this is a heroin shack. I'm like, with or without that B, I'm going back to the heroin shack. 
and that's real. You you really fix this. That's, I think that's we're on a mission. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we're time travelers. We go back in time and just you don't want to change too much, but we change just enough, you know, Dude, to fix. This is, hopefully, this is like fix quantum, everything. quantum. Yeah, the quantum leap of music <laughs> podcasts is what you've written here. Oh man, we, it's not too late to change the name. Well, maybe I don't know. Josh, you leaped. <laughs> I leapt. Yes. Um, now, that spoken word. Okay, so a few things about that. First of all, the, I, I have these noise-canceling headphones, and um, so Melinda's asleep, and I'm listening to this, what you've sent so far on my headphones, and when that spoken word came in, I had to hold, I was holding back my laugh out loud, like, so much. I didn't want to wake Melinda up, and I was like, dude, like, this shit's so funny to me. It tickled me so much, and I, I really didn't see it coming. It's hilarious. Uh, so great job on well, that. Yeah. I'm telling you, it went through the whole fucking song originally. I was like, I'm going to take it out of the verses and just put it in the pre-choruses. <laughs> yeah. We uh, only ended up leaving it in the end, but I mean, so there you go. Yeah, and it reminded me, there's like a ween, a ween song called Someday. Are you guys familiar with that song at all? Wait, hold on. It's actually Tried and True. That's the song I'm thinking of. Okay, there's a ween song called Tried and True. And it's like a pretty serious sounding song, uh, minor and mellow and really pretty. And <laughs> just like you get to the last chorus and does the same thing where it's sort of just like this low, <laughs> it's like whispering uh, spoken word thing that, you know, it just makes it so fun. A creep track. See them after she came. Yeah, a creep track. <laughs> and I love that. That's something I... I I was thinking about it and I was like, is this too much to like, my voice just didn't feel like it was low enough to make it seem like that Nick KV vocal I'm looking for. So I, would, I took it and then I bounced it and I, into like Audacity, which I'm used to for the podcast I edit. And I changed the pitch, but not the tempo. And I plopped it back in. And then it was, and I changed it a few different degrees. Some were like too woofy, like too low was too woofy. And this is about maybe 19 cents off. Minus 19 cents off or whatever, 90%. I don't know what it was. I, I don't know the terms, but it was lower as fuck. And then I, uh, and that felt right. But then I, uh, fuck man, it was, and then I was thinking about it going like, is this too weird? And I'm like, wait, fucking Gabe loves ween. This is fine. This <laughs> is up Gabe's, this is in Gabe's wheelhouse. <laughs> I, lo I loved it. I loved it so much. It's so funny and so, so great. And I'm also realizing now as you talk about it, this is like a spoken word thing. He's sort of, you know, it's more of that beat thing. He's he's doing that on purpose, right? It's sort of like a, hey, crazy daddy, I'm going to go to that shack. Yeah. and One of these days, I'm going to lay down tracks. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like a Ken Nordine if Ken Nordine was 11 years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Girl, that's great. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so that was a really uh, a wonderful treat. And then... Oh, then I, I laid down a keyboard harmony, and then we sent it back to you, and you laid down a guitar solo, which was sick as balls. And then, I think maybe, was it Naveed that put this, this chorus, the verse synths down? Like yeah. the main synths? And that's what makes it fully like a 17 seconds cure song to me. It, I didn't even put it together until I heard that. And I was like, oh, shit. This is my shit right here. Um, okay, what else? I mean, I guess that's basically well, it. Oh, well, here's, I feel like that's everything that we layered. That's everything that we did to create this song. 
um, right? Yeah, I think that's about it. And um, we had a couple back and forth. Like, I left I left in the spoken part in every pre-chorus, and then we were like, nah, right? <laughs> like, that's too much. Yeah, well, yeah. So the, I was I was torn because it was like this is just straight super funny now, um, which would have been fine. I would have left it at that. But part of me was like, uh, you know, one, if we keep it more serious sounding and then unleash it at the end, (laughs) it it would only be that much more potent, you know? And I think that that was true. I think you guys responded to that idea like right away. I was like, yeah, of course, that's what we should do. Um, Yeah, because the song can be serious for 75% of the song. And all of a sudden, like at the end, you're like, wait, are these guys serious? Like, is this... (laughs) They think this is like real, like cool. Like this is not serious. This is a, a pitched down vocal of a guy talking over another guy singing. Yeah, weird. And it has so it all. It's like it's got a. It's serious, and then there's that break, you know. And then it's like tickly drum fill, cheesy guitar solo, low. <laughs> it's just like wait, you're like wait, what's going on here? You know, that's where we finally just like go let it. Uh, spiral out into chaos and just let it take yeah. its natural form. It's it's wanted to be there the whole time, um, and we just let it let it be. You know, that's actually yeah. a good name for just a song. Let it while out. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I gotta write that. Ooh, write it down. <laughs> let her be. There you go. Uh, that's a Hootie and Blowfish song. <laughs> so. Uh, so are we going to do this like like now without further ado, the whole jammer? Well, no. There's one more thing I wanted to uh, say. It's 99 cents. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, go out and download it. Uh, Spotify. <laughs> no. What I wanted to say was, um, Josh. Yeah. So how did we do? Like when you listen to the new version of Sugar Shack, do you like it? Did we do a good job? Or do you still hate it? What are your feelings about the tune now? Well, I'll tell you, Gabe. There's a couple things about it. I thought I knew this song really well. And then, like, I just, of course, I never thought about the arrangement. I was just like, because the whole time I'm like, fucking God, Sugar Shack, shut up. <laughs> the whole time I've ever heard this song since literally the 80s. So I was like, the more I listened to it to get to know it better so that I could track it, I liked it more and more each time. And I think that's a, that's just a testament to repetition, to like getting something in your head. You're like, wow, this guy, I mean, this is corny, but I'm liking it more and more. So, I mean, I like cornier shit than that, you know, in reality. The original we're talking about. You like the original? We're talking about, yeah, the okay. Jimmy Gimler and the Fire, Fireballs version. Like, I'm getting to like that song better because, I mean, like I mentioned, I like cornier songs than that as a rule. It's just that this song has been my least favorite since I was a teenager, so that I'm like... It's it, it. How long did it take me to say Sugar Shack when you asked me? Second. How many? I say it was less than one second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, I might not hate the song as much as I thought. And then now that I've recorded it and gotten into it and been able to make something fun out of it, which I've listened to, I probably listened to the version we did more times than I've ever heard the original, even on AM radio and even on practicing it. So I've really gotten to like our version of this song. Oh, that's great. And. Yeah, I am. I mean, if this is a show about redemption, I like when I asked you in the first interview, like, is this a negative show? Fuck no, it's not. This is <laughs> I am a part of my life that I was literally a fiery hate has become redeemed. Ah, that's beautiful. Man. Now, oh, my God. Yeah. 
podcast over. This is it. One and done. <laughs> that's our, that's no, no, our no. thesis, man. This is amazing. <laughs> do this for everybody. You should do this for everybody that has a that has a problem like this. Yeah. So it's it, <laughs> it's a it's a healing it's a healing process, you know, and that's good for sure. And I also I'll say that the um the new version is so catchy that <laughs> that you forget the old version, you know, because when I was studying the old version and listening to it a lot. Um, it was really stuck in my head, and I was similarly shut up, sugar shack, and <laughs> and then almost <laughs> I was like, why? I love that it, it, it 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 begs that of you. Why am I, I doing this? Saying, <laughs> I you know it was safe when it was all in my head, but now that I don't know. But anyway, um, but you know the first the first version you sent, I was listening to it, and my partner Melinda is like, this is really catchy. Got stuck in my head, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, and that. At first, I was like, uh-oh, that's the same problem as the old one. But it was sort of like more of that time travel, quantum leap was like, go back and scrub your mind of what was once stuck in your head, and this gets stuck in your head. And I would go ahead and say that I would rather have our version stuck in my head than the original version. So kudos to yeah. us. I think the earworm of our version is a little less damaging than the original earworm that was... It's punishing and it's maddening, and it, it, it literally made me mad, like yeah. <laughs> furious. And so, like now that I've got a version that I can listen to, like I'm telling you, this is a like a 30 year remedy to yeah. a problem I've been suffering. <laughs> Wonderful! Uh, I <laughs> My mean, God, that's ideal, right, Navid? It couldn't have gone better. Really. It could not have gone any better. Do you think you'll play this cover? Uh, with your band, Josh? <laughs> no, no, I won't. But I will. Perf- I will play the recording we've made for everyone I know. Ah, sick. wonderful. I'll take that. I'll take wonderful. that. <laughs> That's so great. And you know, it would be a really funny uh, prank to the listener. Navi would be like, "We play our version," and you're like, yeah. "Ah!" And then there's just a little clip of the original. <laughs> just so like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's back in your head. You're like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that might be fun. Um, well, I mean, this is great. And Josh, thanks so much for doing this with with us. And um, you're a wonderful man. And I like you. I think you're cool. And um, you're a talented guy. Clearly, you 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 did a lot of the heavy lifting, both emotionally and um, actually, in recording this because you had to really process this. And I know that's a that's a big deal. So thank you for um, diving into your psyche and unpacking trauma for us and, <laughs> and, and transcending it into such a beautiful and also quite funny healing song. Well, I want to thank you, Gabe, for inviting me to be your first guest. This is an absolute honor and a pleasure. This was so much fun play music with you we've never really well we did we did a cover like this like literally a week before we decided to do this cover (laughs) and they were both awesome and um it's really been a lot of fun so thanks for having me and i hope that this is i hope that this is cathartic for everyone that's every damn guest that you get Uh, even though i know you're gonna have to suffer through 10 versions of all star i think that it's still going to be um (laughs) a a great journey for everybody yeah and and just so you know we cap it you know like a lot of people ask for the same song, and I'm like, that one's taken. Wagon Wheel's taken. Um, yeah, our ne- I think our next guest is doing American Pie, and that's like eight and a half minutes, so that's going to be fucking hard. Ooh. But, Oof, magoofy. But yeah. that's, that's where the healing begins, you know? 
Yeah, well, uh, once again, thank you guys. Thank you, Naveed, for doing such great work on this sucker. Oh, it's my pleasure. You, um, guys, you guys made good music, so I made it easy. It was yeah. it was really a lot of fun. I, I, yeah. I'm excited for Sugar Shack now, and it's now a part of my repertoire, <laughs> which I never <laughs> thought I would ever, I would ever be. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, so now uh, okay. thank you, Josh, and thank you, Naveed. And without further ado, Sugar Shack. Sugar Shack Whoa. 